What is up, guys? This is another episode of Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. As you may notice, <laughs> this is not our normal intro. <laughs> because your boy, Tech Genius, forgot to press record uh, for the first five minutes of the first episode. So, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about the fruits of the spirit uh, for the next uh, foreseeable future. Uh, we're going to be tackling love first. Um, so, you know, if you, if you haven't already, go follow us on Facebook, Free Wine and Love and Bread, uh, Instagram, the.wine.is.free. Uh, and then go follow us on YouTube. Um, but without further ado, here's the first episode on love. But so I have a story from Friday night that you guys are going to love because it's embarrassing and I was stupid. And like, let's just get right into it. So um, I was going to my friend Sarah Kate's house and uh, we were all meeting there at like supposed to meet there at like 440 or something and then leaving from there and going straight to the concert. Um, Well, I had just gotten off of work and I'm so used to like dealing with addresses going from like 1644 to 1640 to 1636. And so this is what I'm expecting, right? Her house is like 1640. And I see 1644, and I'm like, okay, it's the next house. And so I pull in, and I see a truck in the driveway, and I'm like, that must be so-and-so's truck, because I've never seen, like, what he drives, so that must be his truck. Um, And so I pull up next to it, and I walk up to the front door, and don't even pay attention to the, like, street address that is on the house. And I like I just straight up just walk in, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, hey guys, I'm here. And there's this woman sitting at the dining room table, and she like her back is to me, and she like turns around and she looks at me, and she's like, hey. And she like I could tell by her eyes she was like trying to figure out who I was because she didn't know if she knew me and if I was supposed to be there. And I was like, I don't recognize this person like, in my head. And I'm like, did, did Sarah Kate invite somebody else that I didn't know about? Po- like, uh, probably. And so I'm like, hey, again. And then I look up into the kitchen, and there's this blonde woman. And Sarah Kate is blonde. And I'm like, maybe that's Sarah Kate. Uh, it's dark, so I couldn't really tell. And I like, I'm like, hey, it's me. And she's, <laughs> this woman is like, Hey, <laughs> and this is more like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I'm like, that's not Sarah Kate. And so I'm like, I start looking around to try and make sense of the situation. And I'm like, none of this furniture is right either. And so I turn around because I hear a voice. I look back behind me and there is Sarah Kate, like with her dog. She had just let her dog out. And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, there's Sarah Kate. I turn around and I'm like, I think I've got the wrong house. And they were like, we think you do too. Uh, <laughs> folks, that's why you lock your doors. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because like, I, it's amazing how you can just walk into a place with so much confidence that you make people question whether they're yeah. at fault. Yeah. Because they were both like, did we invite you? Like, do we know you? They're like, this isn't the they, day out. We invite <laughs> anybody over. Anybody invite anybody over. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was my oh, Friday. That's great. <laughs> but goodness. Meanwhile, Whitney's putting paper bowls in sinks and throwing away forks. metal forks. Yeah. <laughs> I do stuff like literally like that every, almost every day of my life, so. 
Mm. It's become normal for me at this point, but good job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, gotta love stories like that. And, uh, well this week we're going to be talking about the fruits of the spirit. We're starting off with the very first one. It's significant that it's the first one. Everybody makes that point. Not really sure why, but talking about love. 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 Love, Love, doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? (laughs) (laughs) Haven't heard that one in a while. (laughs) Put down that milk. It's dinner time. Time to get I get to clean God's toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Johnston. (laughs) Hey, that oh is the attitude gosh. we should have, though. Honestly, yeah. I mean, Literally. yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think God has a toilet, but oh, I know does. He does. Oh, you know he does. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. It was just... <laughs> Anyways, talking about love. Woo! Um, so, we are going to first ask, how did Jesus portray this fruit of the Spirit? How did he portray love? There's so many endless ways. But Amen. wait a sec, wait a second. Let's throw it back a little bit. Whitney. <laughs> For a real one. Whitney. Me. How do we define love? <laughs> do you want me to read the scripture? Come on. Oh, you knew I had it. Okay. <laughs> I said, let's throw it back for a little bit. We haven't done it like a definition in a while. Okay. I'm going to read the biblical definition because it's the <laughs> most beautiful, most accurate description that you will ever have on what love actually is. Okay. Um, and this is the Amplified Version, and it's in Corinthians, really 1 Corinthians. Um, it says, love endures with patience and serenity. Love is kind and thoughtful and is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag and is not proud or arrogant. It is not rude and it's not self-seeking. It is not provoked nor overly sensitive and easily anchored. It does not take into account a wrong endured. It does not rejoice at injustice, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. Love bears all things regardless of what comes, believes all things looking for the best in each one, hopes all things remaining steadfast during difficult times, and endures all things without weakening. Love never fails. It never fades nor ends. That's beautiful. It is. And I I really love, like, um, the Passion Translation and the Amplified. That one was the Amplified. Okay. Nice. It's just so it's just so descriptive over each word, and it's just really beautiful. Um, but yeah, I'm actually super excited to talk about this subject because I feel like it's the most important thing, and I feel like it's it's one of the things the world really just takes lightly and throws a- around. They don't really know the weight of what that word really mm-hmm. entails and what it carries and yeah. what it does and and what it fulfills. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Well, now that we know. Um, what this word represents. Um, uh, one distinction that I want to make uh, from that definition is that this biblical definition of love is the opposite of selfishness. And so love isn't self-seeking. It's not like, hey, I love you so that you can give me these things. I don't. It's not love to where it benefits you. Love is very much self-denial. Yeah. And I mean, that can get dangerous in like an abusive situation. Like you've got, you've got to know that boundary where like this, this situation is abusive. It puts my life in danger. And so you want to be mindful of that. Like there's, there's a naive way to look at it, but overall love is powerful, powerful. And it is self 
denying. And like Jesus calls us to die to ourselves every day, yeah. like to, to put to death the flesh. And so like, I just, just that, that's how loving God and loving your neighbors such as yourself. That's how it like embodies that. It, that's how it embodies the Ten Commandments and the old law. It's putting it's putting to death your old self and loving others. Yeah. yeah. And with that, like, love is not this frilly, like, cute little box, uh, like, heart box, you know? Like, mm-hmm. love is hard and it's gritty and it's a choice a lot of times. Amen. And it's unconditional. Like, especially that love that God has for us, it's not, there's nothing we can do to separate that love. Yeah. Like, it's impenetrable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to go back to what I was saying just a minute ago because I don't feel like I accurately described it. Um, so there is a naive way to look at love and to deny yourself and stay in, like, an abusive situation. But if somebody is abusing you and, like, you're saying that, no, you're going to stay with them because you love them, it's not loving to allow them to abuse you. Mm-hmm. It's enabling them. And so there's such a thing as tough love where you're like, I love you, but because I love you, like you need to get some help type thing. And so I just wanted to preface this episode with that because we are going to be talking about self-denial a whole lot. We're going to be talking about sacrifice. And, um, and so I just wanted to preface with that, that like loving somebody is not an excuse to stay in an abusive relationship. Um, but yeah, with that, like out in the air, also, I want to add, loving is also not an excuse or a cop-out to give you permission to disobey God. Yes. Amen. So I want to throw that in there because a lot of times people will be like, well, I'm, I'm doing the biblical thing. I really love them. But that might not be what God told you to participate in in the first place. And you need to make sure that if you're um, in a relationship or pursuing someone and you're not yet married and in that married covenant that you're being obedient to God and you're not using that as an excuse Mm -hmm. to not be obedient. Right. Because obedience is love. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to show God that you love him, obey him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Well, let's get back to how did Jesus portray this fruit of the spirit? Come on with me. Okay. So John three 16, and I know that pretty much most of our listeners, a lot of people probably know this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. And it, it's, it's that like God so loved that he gave. Mm-hmm. And it very much like um, Corianne said, it's a decision. And it, like you said, you know, it, it's giving, it's about benefiting the other person. And so it, that's just like one of my favorite Second definitions to Corinthians, um, both of those are so powerful and have so much weight if you really let it let it sit on your heart. Um, but that he loved us so much that he gave the most precious thing to him so that he could have us. Yeah. So that we could participate in and and be um uh, seated at the right hand of God with Jesus mm-hmm. in Christ. Yeah. And like how amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Because a lot of times we don't even want to give up the time of our day if it interrupts our schedule to give to God. Mm-hmm. Much less if he asked us to give us, like if we, if we had a child and he was like, give me your child. Like he did with Abraham and Isaac, you know. 
Yeah, and just to add to that, John three seventeen, like he didn't send him to condemn the world, but to save the world, yes. or to save us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> well, um, I think it's uh, safe to say that Jesus wouldn't command us to do anything that he didn't portray himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jesus definitely portrayed love, but he also commands us to love. Um, and so he says, this is my commandment to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And we already know that Jesus' love for us was a very sacrificial love. And so by that, we know that we should love sacrificially. And so how are some ways that we can love sacrificially, both to those that are close to us, those that are far from us, and then those that we don't want to love? I think for me, a big thing is time. I really hold on to my time and just view it as so precious. And so sacrificing my time to reach out to someone or help someone with something instead of doing what I want to do with my time, that's a big way that you can show love. Mm -hmm. A big way for me that I can work on is um, forgiving people. Uh, There's a, a few people in my past that they just made life hard. And it's really to no fault of their own. They don't, they don't realize what they were doing, but I hold it against them nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And so I think loving them, in loving them, what am I trying to say? By forgiving them, I am loving them. I think that's the first step. And then, you know, reaching out uh, at some point. I'm not really at that checkpoint yet. But, like, for the process of forgiving them first is, like, key. Um, but, yeah. I think for me it would probably be, be more patient with people. Um, just in my experience, like, I kind of grew up in a household where it was, like, there was, like, zero tolerance for anything. Mm-hmm. And so um, I kind of carried that with me to, like, high school and college. And even sometimes at work, like, I just get so impatient with people and people are, like, you get like really quiet when you're like upset. Are you good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm just like, I don't want to say something I'll regret. So I just don't say anything at all. But like that saying right there, just by not, by letting that overcome me in that moment. Yeah. Um, just being more patient, like not just with others, but just like in general with myself, you know, like in accepting God's grace and like his love, like that's, really hard for me to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I think patience goes a long way. Absolutely. I think that um, for me it would be like looking out for, there's a scripture and I need to find the address for you guys, but it just says consider others as more important than yourself. And I wouldn't say that in the fact that I would like consider myself of high esteem, but I would say that in the fact of I we, I feel like we have a tendency, and I know that I have the tendency to do things, but I also want it to benefit me, and if it doesn't, I probably won't do it. Mm-hmm. And that's not really loving people because the, the point and goal of love is that it's not something that necessarily benefits you. It's yeah. that you're looking out for what's going to benefit the other person, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean what they want. That means what they really need. Yeah. And sometimes there's times I could sacrifice what would benefit me and really make a difference in a person's life and maybe even say something that could free them in an area. But because up front, I don't see 
how it's going to benefit me, I might just choose to count it as not important or something that I shouldn't necessarily have to do. Mm-hmm. And um, also waiting for people to come to me instead of knowing that I have people in my life that I can go to. Right. It's it's like you always point out, it's the great commission, not the great invitation. So we can't sit around and wait for people to come to us. We've got to go to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it's not loving to just sit around and wait. It's not loving even to like set up something for them to come to. It's it's loving to go to them. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people, when they're hurting, their pride won't let them ask for help. Mm-hmm. They like, they're... Either they've been hurt so much or they just they think they've got it on their own that they don't even realize that they're lost. And so it, it's up to us as the hands and feet of God to go out to these people and love them. Um, and not just people who, like, don't accept Christ, but those who have accepted Christ but aren't walking as free as they as Christ has called them to be. Um, like that's a, that's a big issue here in the States at least is just people who they think they know Jesus, but they really don't. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's such a sad thing because like they, they think they have this hope, but they're still not living with a sense of freedom. And I mean, that was me for a while too. Like just, even though I was still trying to be obedient, to God, I was just, I, lo- I love the way that God puts this in, uh, I think it's Ezekiel. Um, he's telling Israel to lay down their idols. Like, telling it, like telling them, lay down your idols because they are weighing you down. Yeah. And when you lay them down, I will pick you up and carry you. Like, that just, it, it blew my mind the first time that I read it, that where God says, like, you're carrying this weight that you don't need to carry. Yeah. This weight is just, it's pummeling you, but you think it's saving you, and it's not. But I can save you, and you don't even have to walk. I will carry you on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And that just, like, it, it gets me pumped up every single time I think about that. That's a sacrificial love that God has for us. He doesn't, he doesn't have to just, he doesn't have to waste his time on us. What is the scripture? Um, What is man that you're mindful of him or the son of man that. Yeah. And it's like, he chooses to love us. Mm -hmm. And I I heard it put this way. The, um, I was listening to a sermon or maybe it was a book um, where God uses some radical Oh, it's talking about the book of Jonah. Uh, I was was reading The Prodigal Prophet by Timothy Keller. And God is like, it's the fourth chapter of Jonah. And God is like questioning Jonah about like, what do you really have any reason to be this angry over a tree, over Nineveh? And um, the specific language or the specific specific word that is used there, um, he, he, when he's talking to Jonah, he's like, you loved this tree. And like, you didn't do anything to it, like for it, but you like your heart literally grew attached to it. And, um, and so like when the tree withered, like his heart was broken. God uses the same word for Nineveh 
when he says, do not, do I not have a right to have mercy on Nineveh, that great country that I love or that great city that I love. And he uses that same word where he, where like the specific, uh, I'm butchering this, but the specific word, um, like means that like you attach your heart to it. And it's like God chooses to attach his heart to his people. Yeah. And so it breaks his heart when we're wicked mm-hmm. and when we're lost and when we're just stumbling through life, whether we know Christ, think we know Christ or do know Christ mm-hmm. or don't know Christ. And like just knowing that we have a God that loves us that much, it's just, it, it's, it's humbling. And it makes you want to obey it. It makes you want people to know that love. Yeah. Even in like the Old Testament, there's so many times when I think people like to bring this up and how God is like this wrathful, angry God that's pro-violence when, you know, he destroys, there's so many times where he destroys places that they're riddled with sin, basically. And that's why he's, you know, kind of wipes out the population. But that really in itself shows how much he loves us because he doesn't want us riddled with sin. He doesn't want that infiltrating the earth that he created and love and to get into the people that he loves so much. Yeah. It wasn't that he, um, when he destroyed those cities, it wasn't that he destroyed people that were like good and righteous. It talks about like how wicked they were and how right. adulterous and things that they were doing mm-hmm. that were just, I really honestly believe that even unbelievers now would probably be like enthralled and like disgusted mm-hmm. if they even knew some of the things that were going on that it references. Yeah. When it talked about destroying Sodom and Gomorrah, mm-hmm. like those men were trying to get in to rape the men. Yeah. And he's like, no, just take my daughters. And, and no, they wanted to come in and, and, and rape the men. Like it was, it was really sick and disgusting. God didn't come in and say, I'm just going to destroy all these righteous people that love me. Like, yeah. no, yeah. that's not yeah. wrath. That's being a righteous judge. That's being merciful. And actually he preserved mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're, you know, like you love God and you're seeking his heart, he preserves you. Yeah. Um, there was a spot in Jeremiah I was actually reading. I think it was last night and it broke my heart whenever you said these things really like they, they break God's heart. Like he's not looking at us like, oh, I'm waiting for you so I can be angry. Like, but it talked about in Jeremiah 2, 4, it says, Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the clans of the house of Israel, thus says the Lord. What wrong did your fathers find in me that they went far from me and went after worthlessness and became worthless? And then it goes on and it says, They did not say, Where is the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us into the wilderness and the land of deserts and pits, in a land of drought and deep darkness, in a land that none passes through, where no man dwells. And I brought you into a plentiful land to enjoy its fruits and its good things. But when you came in, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priest did not say, where is the Lord? Those who handled the law did not know me. The shepherds transgressed against me. The prophets prophesied by Baal and went after things that do not profit. And I read that, guys, and I really wanted to, like, cry. Yeah. Because God's like, I, I just really love you. I just want to be close to you. And what, you know... You didn't even ask where I was whenever you turned to these other things. Mm. <laughs> like, what the heck? Yeah. And I, I've heard people ask the question, like, why is it that in the Old Testament God seems, like, so wrathful and mean 
and then yet in the New Testament, he seems like so loving and the term they used was like hippie, like, like a hippie kind of love. And what I told them is that like, it's not that God didn't love us in the old Testament in those times. He did love us, but because we didn't have Christ, his wrath was more necessary in that time. And, but because we have Christ now, Christ is in us and we are sharing Christ with those who don't know him. And so when God looks down on us, he also sees Christ. And so he doesn't see the necessity for the wrath. He sees the obedience of Christ in us. Even though we're unfaithful, we've accepted Christ and he is in us. And so we have his righteousness. Yahweh Sekednu, the Lord is our righteousness. And so like, I just wanted to answer that question for anybody who might be wondering that. Like, I mean, go like go study for yourself. But that's like a quick and easy like kind of answer for that. Also, I wanted to add really quick. Um, in Genesis, whenever it talks about Adam and Eve and whenever they had first eaten of the fruit and they used to walk with God in the garden. And it, it just totally changed how I saw this whenever I went through my first freedom group a few years ago, but it says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And it says, but the Lord called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard like, you know, the men replied, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And I think a lot of times that's where, you really see the love of God in your life is you hide yourself. God's not hiding from you. God doesn't withhold. He's not looking for a reason to withhold anything from you. He's looking for every kind of way to get it to you. Um, I just wanted to add with that, that love really pursues. It's not something that just sits on a shelf. It's an action. It's a choice and it's an action. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it will pursue and it will go out and it will bring light into those dark places. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I heard um, today at church, like, they they asked the question, and we were talking kind of about, like, about the love that God shows us and we should show to the people who don't know Jesus. And, like, today we were just talking about, like, um, like, when's the last time that we, like, wept for people who don't know Jesus or for a nation that doesn't know Jesus or... Like, just our nation as a general, in general right now, like, where we're at. And, like, when's the last time we actually, like, had that love for that? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't think of that. Like I, like, I couldn't think about a time where I thought about where we are or where, like, I don't know, people who don't know Jesus are. And there's so many people who don't. And just actually that made me sad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, like, feel like we should have that kind of love all the time. And I feel like yeah. that that will jumpstart evangelism and like putting that love in others. Just taking those moments to really think about like how like people really, there are some that have no clue they're lost, you know? Um, So, yeah. Yeah. I've, um, I've got a buddy who knows a pastor out in like Los Angeles and he was saying that there are people out there who have literally never heard the name Jesus. And one that blows my mind because social media and it's like, who hasn't heard the name of Jesus? But also we, we've grown up in the Bible belt. Well, we have, you've been, you've been here for a few years, Corianne, but 
like we've grown up in the Bible Belt, and so everybody and their mother knows the name Jesus. They might not know Jesus, but they think they know Jesus. And so it's so much harder because it's so hard to like get it, get the message of Christ over to those people. And so we think that's what it's like all around the world. But no, there are people out there who like you give them any sorts of hope and they're like, okay, tell me more. Right. Like, because I feel like they, like, whereas we grow up and know that Jesus is like, I know about Jesus. Mm-hmm. They don't, and then, like you said, when that comes along, it's like, well, I've tried everything else, and it doesn't work. What What's this whole Jesus thing? Yeah. And then I feel like us, like, we see Jesus, and we see that love, and then we try and go out and find other answers, mm-hmm. but can't. Right. And always end up back. So I think it's interesting how that works, how some people are just so quick to accept the love of Christ because of that reason. Yeah. And, like, people that have known them their entire life try and go and find other things to mm-hmm. fulfill what he's been fulfilling yeah, or wants to fulfill in our lives. Right. It almost, um, I say this uh, loosely, but I almost think that there is a, a better chance of somebody that's never heard about Jesus of loving him and walking in power and authority in the word than a believer that has grown up in it and doesn't really believe that it's going to work. Absolutely. Like, I'm, I absolutely believe that even like atheists or agnostics or, you know, whatever, if you're like, oh, there's higher power, but I'm not really sure what it is, but I just call it the spirit thing. Like, (laughs) if you, I really believe like the moment that you're like, hey, Jesus, come into my heart and I believe you at your word and I receive you right now, um, they're going to be walking in freedom Mm -hmm. straight up because I think that believers have actually a tendency to get caught up more in unbelief than people that have never known him. And that's actually very sad. Yeah, yeah, it is sad. Honestly. Um, but guys, we are almost out of time for this episode. Uh, I want to thank our listeners for always supporting us. Uh, I was talking to David not too long ago about um, just the progress that we've made. And he was showing me this map of downloads by location. And like we've got listeners in Australia, Woo! Ireland, What's like up, Iceland. And like other Let's places. visit you. <laughs> yeah, let us visit you actually. <laughs> but then, but then like even listeners all across the country and it's it blows my mind. Wow. I had no idea. And it's like God is blessing this podcast. And so yeah. thank you to our listeners for listening and supporting us. Please share the podcast with those that you love. And uh, we will see you next week. We're gonna be talking about the fruit of the spirit, joy. Woo! Nobody can see me. I was just saying, hands, no one can see you wait, <laughs> flying away there. <laughs>